Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Matthew 2. Imagine that you go into work today, and you're working away. It's just a, an average, normal day at the office. And then some people come into your office, and these people are clearly rich. Uh, they're, they're not the normal people coming into your workplace. And they start asking everybody in the office, hey, where's the new boss? We heard there was a new boss, and we came, we're here to meet him. Where's the new boss? What are you going to think about that? And what do you think your boss is going to think about that? That's going to be a very interesting situation. Well, maybe that gets you going a little bit to understand what goes on in Matthew 2. Now, as we get to Matthew 2, we're in a kind of a unique section in our Bible reading because some of these passages are more familiar than others because of their connection with Christmas and how often maybe you've heard some of the facets of these stories at uh, Christmas time. But let's take a step back today and just try to take in again what is being communicated. The Gospel of Matthew has as its central emphasis that Jesus is the King or the Messiah or Christ. Uh, that is who Jesus is. And uh, Matthew is especially making this argument most likely to a Jewish audience as he's going to use a lot of Old Testament to point to no, Jesus is the Messiah who was promised and he is the King. And so let's talk about his kingdom. And, and you get that nature of, hey, King is very much at the focus of this passage because it begins with the story of the wise men. And the wise men come to Jerusalem. They're not coming to your office asking where the new boss is, but they're coming to Jerusalem asking, hey, where is the new king? Uh, they, they say, for we have, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, when the the real king, the current king, the physical king of uh, Israel hears this, King Herod, well, he is troubled. And again, that's understandable for any rational person, but Herod was not a rational person. King Herod was a paranoid and suspicious ruler who had a high priest murdered, one of his wives murdered, uh, his sons murdered. Uh, I mean, he is an evil guy who will stop at nothing to protect his power. And we'll see more of that, obviously, in this chapter. But as the wise men arrive and ask people this question, Herod assembles the chief priests and the scribes and asks them where the Christ, again, notice that title. Matthew loves that title, especially in these early chapters, because that's his point. Jesus is the Christ. And his readers would have understood that means Jesus is the king. And so he's asking, hey, where is the Christ to be born? And I find that very interesting that uh, the wise men come and show up saying, hey, where is the new king? And everyone knows what they're talking about. Even Herod, is he knows enough to say, hey, where's the Christ going to be born? That must be who they're talking about. 
And uh, the, the scribes and the leaders, they say, well, he's born in Bethlehem. And then it quotes Micah 5 two. So again, another Old Testament reference showing Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah who was predicted. Now, again, this is a very familiar story. And, and often I've heard it said, well, look at the three responses here. You've got Herod, who is hostile to Christ. You've got the scribes and the chief priests, and they're indifferent because they hear this message. Bethlehem's not that far away, and they don't uh, go there. And then you have the wise men who worship. And those are the three responses that we see to Jesus today. And that's where I would say, well, really, I think there's only two Uh, Because when you understand that Jesus is the king, you are either going to bow and worship him, you're going to submit to his authority, or he is a threat to you because he is claiming authority that you think you have. And ultimately, that's the same response I think we see in both Herod and the chief priests. It just takes the chief priests 30 years or so to understand this, because they don't see a little baby as a threat to them, but Herod does. He understands, well, if he's claiming to be king, that impinges on what I think of as my authority. And so then you see the hostility. You see how Herod, he wants to kill baby Jesus. And so he tries to trick the wise men. That doesn't work. God warns the wise men. God warns Joseph. And even though Herod, as we'll see later, uh, commits this murderous plan of killing all the babies two years and under in Bethlehem and the surrounding region, uh, the Messiah is protected. And so a couple always principles to think about from this passage. And the first I think really is that people will either worship Jesus as the king or will eventually realize that he is a threat to their own authority. And that's where I think a lot of people today are actually fighting against that. Because here's what a lot of people today want to believe. I can worship Jesus as king And I can be king too. I can rule my own life. I can do what I want to do and still worship Jesus as king. Uh, That's not possible. There's only one king. And it's either Jesus or it's going to be you. And if you realize that, you're going to understand, well, Jesus is a threat to me because uh, he's claiming the authority. Or you can do what the wise men do and what you should do and bow to King Jesus. And that's where Herod, he's a wicked guy. But I think he actually understood better than a lot of people today the nature of Jesus's claims, even though Jesus was still a child at this point. Jesus was claiming authority. And a lot of people today don't realize that. They think that Jesus is just, you know, hey, say these magic words and poof, you'll be saved. But he's not making any claim of authority over their life. That is a fatal error in the minds of so many people, I think, in our society today. Jesus is the king and you need to bow and worship him as the king. That's the only right response. I think a lot of people today are willing to make an alliance with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, let, let's let's partner together uh, and you can do the things that I want you to do for me while I still run my own kingdom. But Jesus isn't looking to make an alliance with you. Jesus is looking for your allegiance. 
And I think that's a theme we see here in this chapter, the nature of Jesus's authority. Another always principle we see in this passage is that human schemes cannot stop God's plans. Human schemes cannot stop God's plans. Here you have this powerful individual. And Herod was a powerful man. You go to Israel today and you will still see impressive things that Herod built that 2000 years later are still uh, standing in in some sense, enough of the ruins that you see. Wow, this was impressive. That's the kind of guy that he was powerful, but his scheme doesn't work. God protects Jesus. God protects the Christ, the Messiah. And what's always true throughout history is that human schemes cannot stop God's plan. So what should you do about this in your own life? What's, what do you need to apply now? Well, I want you to think and to meditate about the nature of Jesus's authority today. Are you going to live like Jesus is the king today? Are you going to understand in my home, at my work, Jesus is the king. I don't get to be some independent operator doing whatever I want to do. Jesus is the king. And that was clear even in his infancy, even from the beginning of his life. It's clear he he was making a claim of authority. And that's why Herod tries to have him killed. Because Herod knows there can't be two kings. Do you know that? And do you realize the only king is Jesus? And have you stopped trying to make an alliance with Jesus and really bowed your knee and sworn allegiance to Jesus, that he is the king? And then I want you to challenge, I want to challenge you to think through the different spheres of your life today. And is it as simple as Jesus, King Jesus, he calls the shots. What he says, that's what goes. That's the way we should live this life. And so as we think through Matthew 2, and you think of the claim of authority that Jesus is making, I want you to ask, am I just trying to make an alliance with him, or have I sworn allegiance to him? And what is living out that allegiance to him going to look like today? Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.